You are Locked On Cougars. This is your daily podcast focused on the BYU Cougars. Proud to be part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Thanks for joining us on a Friday edition of the podcast. A lot to get to like normal on a weekend edition as we get you ready for a big doubleheader of BYU men's basketball and football playing tomorrow afternoon. We'll catch up with Trone Johnson from Aztec Breakdown, a fellow podcaster who covers the San Diego State Aztecs to talk about what SDSU brings to the Marriott Center tomorrow and also hear from Hugh Freeze. Liberty Flames head coach as he gets his team ready to come out to Utah to take on BYU football in a battle of fellow independents tomorrow evening at Lavelle Edwards Stadium. We'll also get you caught up on everything else in BYU sports news like normal. Today's show brought to you by our title sponsor Deseret First Credit Union. We'll tell you what they're offering our listeners here in just a little bit and with that, let's get to it. This is Locked on Cougars for November 8th, 2019. What's up, guys? I'm Jay Catch, your host here on Locked On Cougars, your resident BYU insider. I work for the Zone Sports Network in Salt Lake City, Utah. Thanks again for taking the time to download this show on a Friday. Let's start off on the gridiron with BYU football. Uh, they take on the Liberty Flames tomorrow evening, 5.30 p.m. Mountain Time at Lavelle Edwards Stadium. Game scheduled to be televised on ESPNU. Should be actually really good weather. Supposed to be upper 50s on a mid-November afternoon slash evening. I don't think you can ask for much better than that in terms of the weather here along the Wasatch Front. So if you have any trepidation about coming out to the game, going to Lavelle Edwards Stadium, I think you can put that to bed and safely assume that the weather should be pretty good for you to go and enjoy a game out in the elements and actually really good elements. Sunshine should be relatively clear skies in November. Should be a great atmosphere for a game tomorrow. Of course, Liberty, not the biggest name opponent, but they are six and three on the year. And they come in here looking to secure bowl eligibility. You're probably thinking, well, they're already six wins. How do they not have how do they not have bowl eligibility? Well, they actually have played two FCS opponents this year, football championship championship subdivision teams, and as such, only one of those wins can count for bowl eligibility. So Liberty, if they want to make their first bowl game in program history, and they need seven wins this season. They've got three games to do it, and we'll see what happens. I'm not expecting them to beat BYU tomorrow. I think the spread sitting currently, I think at 17 last I saw. Sounds about right. I'm predicting BYU wins this game somewhere like 42 to 20 type of a deal. I think BYU will shut Liberty down and should win this game handily. So I'll give you my prediction right up front there. I guess I just already nailed it for you guys. But yeah, 42 to like 20, I think BYU covers the spread. And if they struggle against a team like Liberty, should raise some alarms because I don't think the Flames are as good as their record indicates, and BYU should be able to handle them coming off two wins over rivals in the last couple of games for the Cougars. A couple of notes for you in talking with people this week that have been out at practice. Uh, it sounds like Baylor Romney is expected to make the start for BYU. There was some hope that maybe Zach Wilson would make a surprise start, make a quick rehab. He is still working on getting back into shape, getting that hand back into shape. He has not been fully cleared by doctors. The cast is off his hand, but he's still wearing a splint on it, so he will not be available for this game is based on what I have heard this week leading up to the game. We'll see what happens there. Tristan Hodge, BYU offensive lineman who's missed about half the season at this point, still hoping to get back on the field. He is questionable for tomorrow's game most likely. He's doing everything he can to get back on the field, but if it doesn't get if his injury status doesn't get any better in the next week or two, you could see him shut down for the rest of the year just because there's so little time left in the season. 
Uh, the hope is that uh, you can play a game here with Baylor Romney. He can finish out the game. Joe Critchlow expected to be his backup. I don't think that Jaron Hall will be cleared this week, uh, but that obviously changes day-to-day because the concussion protocol, it's just a matter of passing those baseline tests that the training staff has for each player, and if you pass it, they'll clear you. I don't know if the coaching staff's going to be reticent to put Jaron Hall back into a game. I haven't really heard regarding that, but I'm all signs indicate the in, oh, indicator point to Baylor Romney being the starting quarterback for BYU tomorrow evening against Liberty. Now, you're probably wondering, okay, who's, who is Liberty? Well, let's hear from the horse's mouth himself. Head coach Hugh Freeze, in his first year with the Liberty Flames, he joined DJ and PK from, on the Zone Sports Network earlier this week to talk about Liberty and what he expects to see against BYU tomorrow. A couple of independents playing late in the year. It works out because I think when you're an independent, uh, scheduling in November is always difficult. And I'm, I'm curious, you've been in football for a long time, but you're probably used to conferences. And we've been talking about it with BYU for almost a decade now. The unique challenges independence presents. How are you finding independence to be different than life uh, in a conference? You know, it's, uh, it's quite interesting to me that um, this is my first uh, experience with it. And you know, I, I kind of of the mentality that that realistically, there's probably I don't know what you would say, but I would guess there's only six to you know eight teams in the nation on a given year that realistically have a chance to you know win the national championship, and that and eight may be a stretch. It's probably more like six. And so the the you know my approach is kind of the rest of us are just playing for bowl eligibility, and. Um, you know, I think it's uh, the positives of it are you get a variety of experiences for your student athlete, and um, does it present some challenges in scheduling, particularly later in the year? Yes, and um, you know, right now we're not. Uh, I, I wish we, you know, have played BYU earlier in the year, you know, because we're now at the end of the year and we've got BYU and Virginia back to back, which are teams that could. You know, at this stage of our program, could could beat you up physically, and and you know, and we need to win the last game of the year. Um, you know, if if things don't go our way in the BYU or Virginia game, and and you could be beat up. So it's uh, it presents a challenge in scheduling. I'm still kind of new to it, so I don't know exactly how I feel about it totally, but um, I do think that there may be more that join the independent ranks. As it as time goes on, and um, you know we're happy to the scheduling part is the hardest thing, and I, I don't really get involved in that a lot. Um, you know I don't think we're you know all of us that I guess we would consider ourselves a group of five school. Um, you know, and I've coached at a group of five school before in the Sun Belt, and you know your your whole deal is how many of these power fives do we have to bite off every year? Mm-hmm. You know and um, when you become an independent like we did and move up to FBS, you know, you're just trying to get a schedule. So our first few years are very challenging and difficult. Yeah, and this is the third of four consecutive road games that you have now. The Virginia game, you do have a bye before you have to go over there, and obviously that's a much shorter trip than it is to come out to BYU, so you do ha- end with a very difficult schedule. Uh, looking at your team, though, you know, you've built up to this opportunity to to be bowl eligible this year at, at this level. It's your first time, and as I look at your team, it's good to have, I would imagine, senior quarterback Calvert, and then uh, you've got a receiver, Gandy 
Golden, who has put up a thousand yards repeatedly. Can you speak to the quality of those two kids? Yeah, those two are are obviously kids that are kind of making us go. You know, our offense is centered around you know those two guys, and you know, uh, Calvert last year threw for some yards, but threw so, so many interceptions and turned the ball over. Um, and and I'm real proud of the work he's put in, along with our staff, to to change that. And and you know, and he has, and he hasn't. Uh, he's he's really taking care of the ball well. And obviously, uh, AGG's. I've got a lot of receivers I've coached that are in the league right now, and and AGG's going to join them. He's he's very very talented, and uh, you know will be an NFL player one day. So our our offense kind of goes through those two guys. As you get ready for BYU, you probably noticed they've had plenty of quarterback injuries and played three different quarterbacks. How many of them have you really studied prepping for this game, and and what are the differences between these guys in your view? Well, it's a great challenge. You know, I know that the original starter, you know, possibly could be back. So that's, you know, an unknown. I haven't heard, you know, whether he is or not or don't know if we will hear. But and then I know they had a concussion last week with with another kid. And uh, so we've seen all three of them play. Um, I don't think that they change who they are a whole lot. Do I think each of them have different strengths? Yes, but. Um, you know, the system is the system pretty much, I think, with um, with what they run, and they do very, very good at it. And, you know, it's, it's a challenge for us just not – if you just start with the physical nature of the game, uh, the size advantage that they have uh, from an offensive line perspective against our defense and defensive line against our offensive line is, is where I think the, the major battle uh, is for us. It's an uphill battle. Um, but, you know, quarterback-wise, they're all three, you know, have done good things when they've been in there. And so um, I'm sure, you know, Kalani feels, you know, um, good about using all three if he has to because, you know, all of them have produced results. So, I mean, he's blessed to have those, and it's tough for us to prepare a little bit. But uh, the good thing is I don't think that they change the identity of the offense a whole lot. As you build this program, Coach, to this level, this being your first season, the stuff that I've read is that depth obviously is an issue. Is that some of the reasons you've had some high-scoring games is maybe defensively there might be some fatigue and uh, teams wearing your guys down since you don't have yeah, that depth? Yeah, and, and we've, we've suffered injuries on that side of the ball. And, you know, it's nobody's fault. I mean, but the, the reality is that uh, most of the 85-man roster, scholarship roster here was, you know, recruited to play FCS football. Right. And so you, you it's nobody's fault. That's just what we were. And, um, and now, you know, you're playing a 10-game schedule against FBS opponents, and, man, depth is an issue. And particularly if you suffer a few injuries like we have defensively, we've been fortunate offensively and haven't uh, had many. But, boy, defensively we've had a rash of them. And, and so I do think that that shows up in, in your performance uh, on the field. And, but, you know, as coaches you never have a – it's just a next man up mentality, and you've got to get ready the ones that can physically play – and, uh, and that's that's the kind of the approach we've taken. BYU's running game has taken a uh, a pretty big hit here with injuries. They've gotten kind of gotten creative to keep that thing going. Uh, when you look at their running game and your ability to defend their running game, uh, what do you think about your front seven's ability to match up against that O line? 
Well, it's like I said, I think that's the, you know, the tallest task we have is is trying to figure out ways to, you know, uh, keep them from totally controlling the, the game in that regard. You know, we had that same challenge at Rutgers. You know, we were able to, offensively, we only had eight possessions and scored 34 points, but uh, they kept the ball 41 minutes. And, um, you know, I see this as, as a similar task of how do we, you know, get off the field and win some first downs where it's not, you know, a five-yard gain, a three-yard gain, a three-yard gain, and that clock's steadily running because, you know, you know, just on paper alone, the uh, the physical nature of their offensive line against our D-line is, uh, you know, appears to be an advantage. So we've got to play extremely hard and, and with great pad level and try to manipulate the box some to – to try to stop that and they're very creative too you know where i mean every run they have has a reverse off of it or a reverse pass or i mean you know they, they've gotten really creative and so they present you a problem with if you do want to put extra people in the box you've got other issues to worry about so you know I tip my hat to them. They've done a good job. There you go. Hugh Freeze, Liberty head coach. And interesting to hear him talk about the fact that he really likes what BYU does in their run game. He feels like they have a good scheme put together. Like I said, I think this should be a game where BYU should be able to roll relatively easy. And we'll see how it all shakes out for the Cougars tomorrow. But get excited, people. The weather should be good. I would encourage you guys, if you're having any thoughts about going to this game, do it. I think it's uh, you only get so many home games each year to watch BYU football, normally six. Go out and enjoy it. You have one more after this next Saturday against Idaho State, which will be officially uh, senior day at BYU. So if you have a chance, go out and watch the game, or you can watch it on ESPNU. All right, so there you go. Some of my thoughts on BYU. Uh, we'll get you more of that stuff as we get ready for this game. I actually will be hosting the BYU pre- and post-game coverage for the Zone Sports Network tomorrow afternoon live at JCW's in Provo. You can stop on by. We begin at 4 p.m., carrying you right up to kickoff between Liberty and BYU. And obviously, we'll do post-game from JCW's. You can stop in after the game and get some food as well and say hi if you'd like. I'll be doing that with Will Snowden, formerly former BYU running back. All right, we'll switch gears here in just a moment, catch up with the basketball news and notes. BYU getting ready to take on San Diego State in their second game of the season tomorrow afternoon at the Marriott Center at 2 o'clock. We'll chat with Trone Johnson from Aztec Breakdown, a fellow podcaster who covers San Diego State here in just a moment. Before we do that though, do need to remind you guys the Deseret First Credit Union is our title sponsor here on Locked On Cougars. Of course, you've heard me talk about these guys every day and can't thank them enough for their continued patronage of the show, but they want to help you guys save money. And you're probably thinking, okay, how are they going to do that? Well, right now, home loans are still sitting at near historic lows in terms of interest rates. Interest rates still sitting in the threes. I'm currently going through the refinance process myself. I know a lot of people think it's a big bother. It's not worth it. Well, if we can put potentially up to hundreds of dollars back into your pocket each month, would that change your mind? I think it would. Check it out, guys. Refinancing doesn't have to be hard. Deseret First Credit Union will help you guys to find the right loan for your financial situation. It doesn't have to cost you anything. You can do a no-cost refinance with Deseret First Credit Union and save yourself that money and put it back into whatever you want to do. You want to travel more. You want to go to more BYU sporting events. Regardless, you can use that extra money to do what you will with it. Give the DFCU mortgage team a call. 
Whether you're a first-time home buyer, you're trying to find your dream home, you've got investment properties, whatever you've got, whatever you've got going on, whatever stage of life you're in, the Deseret First Credit Union Mortgage Team will work with you to find the right loan and the right financial situation for you. Give them a call, 801-456-7070, or visit dfcu.com to apply in just five minutes or less, folks. Deseret First Credit Union, you know why we show how. Once again, the phone number, 801-456-7070, or visit dfcu.com. FCU.com to apply online. Membership and eligibility required. OAC. Terms and conditions apply. Equal housing lender. All right, guys. BYU faces San Diego State in basketball tomorrow afternoon at 2 o'clock. You can go out and watch two BYU games back-to-back. You can go over to the Marriott Center and watch the Cougars take on the Aztecs and then head over to Lavelle Edwards Stadium across the street and watch the Liberty Flames take on the BYU football program. You could even potentially make it a triple header by watching BYU women's soccer tomorrow night at 8 o'clock Mountain Time if you really wanted to. But you can do whatever you feel. But I wanted to get some thoughts on what San Diego State will be bringing to BYU tomorrow. I had a chance to chat with Trone Johnson from Aztec Breakdown. I joined his podcast yesterday. He also joined me. We kind of did a a double uh, podcast where we both asked questions. Well, here's my conversation with Trone Johnson from Aztec Breakdown. You can follow him on Twitter at Aztec Breakdown about what he thinks of San Diego State entering this matchup with Mark Pope's team. Please welcome in Trone Johnson from Aztec Breakdown now. Trone, what's up, my man? Doing good, Jake. Doing good. How you doing? Doing all right. So, San Diego State and BYU, had this game been a decade ago, this would have been one of the bigger games in just college basketball in general. Uh, obviously, yeah. BYU went independent in football and thereby took their basketball program and put it in the West Coast Conference. Meanwhile, San Diego State has plotted on in the Mountain West Conference and has done some great things in that time. But with these two teams squaring off on Saturday, what is the biggest storyline you're looking at entering the game? So for me, it's just, uh, you know, what do, what do we have as, as a team? It's, it's just, you know, we were just talking about this a little bit ago, but it's, it's what is this team actually going to look like? You know, we just played a uh, Texas Southern and we beat them soundly by by 35 points. But even within that game, we, we were up 35 points at the half. And then in the second half, it looked like the team fell apart and just was able to was able to tread water. Um, so it's it's what does this what do we have as a, as a okay. basketball team? And and uh, what am I saying here? Yeah. What do we have? How good is this team really going to be? All that type of stuff. Well, I think that's a question that every program has entering the season. You kind of want to see how they shake out. And I'm actually quite excited for this game for both teams, both San Diego State and BYU, simply due to the fact that you have uh, two programs who have proud basketball traditions, used to be rivals of one another, have played some great games. Fan bases on both sides have a little bit of history between the two. And it's just a fun game. And that's what I'm excited about to have have the Aztecs in Provo. Tell, t- talk to me about this roster a little bit. Let me know uh, who can BYU fans expect to see on Saturday as more of the star players for San Diego State this season. So the biggest incoming name is Malachi Flynn. Um, he was a point guard at Washington State for two years, and he transferred, so he sat out last year because of the, the NCAA transfer rules. Mm-hmm. And he's able to play this year, so he's a redshirt junior um, 
he he was a star at Washington State, and that's not saying much because they weren't very good as a team, but he was able to, to carry them to some big victories. And throughout practices, the coaches have been raving about him um, through the exhibition and through the first game of the season. He has like 13 or 14 assists and zero turnovers on top of his scoring, which is what he's really known for is his scoring. So he's, he's just balling out so far and it's still early, but he's balling out. Uh, BYU fans will remember Matt Mitchell Mm -hmm. from last season. Um, I think he hit like six threes against BYU last year or something. I could be wrong. Don't quote me on that, but um, they'll remember him. He's been in an intense off season training and diet regimen and he's lost 20 pounds. So I guess last year he weighed 260 by the end of the year, and he's down to 240. So Aztec fans are hoping that uh, that that'll help him stay more consistent and be able to play longer in games. And then uh, the other guy BYU fans might remember a little bit also is Nathan Mensa. He's the big center down low. Um, he's the big defensive presence. He's the rim protector. He's the guy that's going to try and dissuade anything from happening on the inside. Yeah, so so I, yeah, I see Nathan Mensa, and then you also see Joel Mensa. Right, so we got we got twin brothers. Is that is that what we're looking at here? No, no, no. That's that's the really common thought, and and when they were getting recruited, that's what everybody thought too. Uh-huh. Um, they are not twin brothers. They are both from I want to say Ghana, Accra, Ghana. Yeah. Um, but they are not. There's there's no relation there. They just have the same last name, and they both happen to be six ten, two hundred plus pounds, and both yep. are sophomores. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's 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 something else. All right, well, yeah. So I just thought that was kind of funny because I'm seeing I'm seeing Joel Mensa and Nathan Mensa, yeah. six foot ten. One's two hundred and ten pounds. The other listed at two hundred and twenty pounds. Both sophomores yeah. from Akragana. And I'm like, what in the world? Okay, anyways, yeah. <laughs> it made me chuckle to see that. Yeah, so I, I'm. I, I'm excited for this game. Is this more of a San Diego State team of old where they have uh, great athletes that they use that athleticism to their advantage? Does that make sense? Yeah, no, it definitely makes sense. It's it's not, to me, in my opinion, it's not the same as it once was. There are still those players who, who can do that. And one player, I don't know how much time he'll get, up up in BYU because he's he's a freshman and he's the only freshman on this year's team but his name is uh, Keyshawn Johnson and this dude is an athletic freak he's 67 he's a freshman and he's made plenty of freshman mistakes but he's also one of these high flying guys and it sounds like coach Dutcher wants to use him uh, especially defensively as a guy to run the full court press a little bit um, but compared to like the glory days this team has a a lot more skill based than athleticism based. Um, And especially at the guard position. So we talked about Malachi Flynn. Mm -hmm. He's, he's a very smart player. He's a very um, intellectual player. When I was watching tape of him before he started playing for San Diego state, he reminded me a little bit of James Harden, not in terms of skill level, but in play style, right? And James Harden isn't a guy you normally think of overwhelming you athletically. He's a guy that, you know, manipulates the game and he's able to, to make a pass a half second early or a half second late, depending on what the defense is doing. KJ Fagan is the starting point guard. And he's another guy that just knows how the game is supposed to work, but isn't necessarily going to overwhelm you athletically. So it's, it's more of a middle ground as opposed to the old days that many of the fans know. 
Yeah. So, yeah, Brian Dutcher, obviously, longtime assistant coach there at San Diego State. Has he uh, carried on a lot of what uh, we saw back in the day from, from from the Aztecs, like in terms of just the overall style? Does that make sense? Like just the because San Diego State, to me, I loved watching them play objectively. I, I, I sat back and I was like, these, these teams are a ton of fun to watch. They got athletes all over the floor. You already talked about the fact that maybe a little more skill-based than they once were, but do they carry on that same type of style or has Dutcher, Coach Dutcher imprinted his own system? You know, it's um, – it's, I mean, once again, I hate to, to answer like this again, but it's a little bit of both. It's – excuse me. In his first two years – there was talk about, especially in his very first year as the head coach, there was talk about having this new offense and maybe speeding it up and getting more three-point shots. And then towards the end of each of his first two years, the focus has switched more to the defensive side of the ball and, and getting back to what San Diego State is known for, that defensive play, that athleticism, all that stuff. And at the end of both the last two years, the Aztecs have had a pretty good run of games. Um and so it seems like this season um, they're starting with more of that defense the way San Diego State is known for, but they also have all these highly skilled players. And it seems like Dutcher wants to run a four-out type of an offense, which wasn't normally the case with Steve Fisher. Yeah. And Dutcher wants to run a lot of high pick and rolls, which normally wasn't the case with Steve Fisher. Um, so the offense should be a lot more perimeter-oriented. Um, a lot more threes should be taken than, you know, many BYU fans may remember. Um, but the defense will hopefully be at that same level. And like I said, you got Nathan Mensa guarding down low. And so, you know, the defense, it's not talked about as much because of the new offense, but it's still there for sure. All right. Last couple of things from me here with you, Trone. So where do you see this game kind of uh, tipping? Like, where do you see the advantage for either side coming from? I think the advantage for the Aztecs should hopefully be uh, the lack of size that BYU has because of the injuries and the Yoli Child suspension. Um, I'm hoping that the Aztecs can can pound the ball down low, and despite how Dutcher has said he wants to play faster, I'm hoping they can kind of slow the game down a little bit in that way and, and pound the ball inside, whether that's with post-ups or whether that's the pick-and-roll, however it gets done and just be be bigger and stronger than than BYU. Um, on BYU's side, I mean obviously I'm not I'm not as familiar with them, but it seems like they've shot the ball pretty well um in through at least their first game. Um San Diego State, their first game, their three-point defense was really good, but I'm not reading too much into that. So it seems like BYU's ability to run out in transition and hit three-point shots um, especially at elevation where they're used to the altitude and the, and the lack of oxygen. They can, they can run San Diego State players off the court, and especially those big guys, which were San Diego State's advantage, um, you know, hit enough threes and play four-out or five-out offense and make San Diego State have to play some smaller guys, and then they don't have that advantage inside anymore. So it'll, I think it'll be a battle of tempo and who's able to either speed the game up or slow the game down as they want to. All right, and last thing for me, Trone, of course, we already mentioned the fact that these two fan bases had some, they were some epic games back in the day. Is the same um, contempt, I guess is the word I'll use, uh, for BYU still exist amongst San Diego State fans? 
I, I, I think it does. I think it does. Um, I mentioned earlier that the BYU game last year was, I think, one of the only, if not the only, game that San Diego State basketball sold out last season. Um, so that was that was big. And even just earlier, I was on a uh, a fan board on Facebook, and somebody posted a picture of I, I don't know how how many people at BYU are familiar with it, but there's a picture that's pretty infamous among Aztec fans of Kawhi uh, clapping and smiling, <laughs> yeah. Kawhi clapping and smiling as Jimmer Fredette walks away. And, and the caption was just never forget. And so there's definitely, um, there's definitely still that among a lot of Aztec fans, the players, I don't know for sure as much, you know, a lot of them weren't, weren't around and weren't paying attention, but among the fans, it's definitely still there. Well, Trone, I can't thank you enough. It's exciting to have you on the podcast. We'll we'll do this because we're going to have football squaring off here at the end of the month. Definitely. So we're going to do this again just in a couple of weeks, and I'm excited to do it again, okay? Definitely. Me too. There you go. Trone Johnson, can't thank him enough for joining us here on the podcast. Also, thanks to DJ and PK for letting me play the Hugh Freeze audio from earlier on in the week, talking about the Liberty Flames in the earlier on in this podcast. A lot to get to here in just a moment, catching up on everything else going on in BYU sports news. Obviously, it's a busy weekend with all these sports in action. We'll run down everything going on, as well as a record set last night on the hardwoods at the Smith Fieldhouse by Mary Lake, BYU star libero. We'll talk about that here in just a moment. Before we do that, though, with Roman, you can get a free online evaluation and ongoing care for ED, all from the comfort and privacy of your home. Just go to GetRoman.com right now, slash locked, to get a free online visit and free two-day shipping. As we close out today's edition of the podcast, let's catch up on everything else on, in BYU news. Senior libero Mary Lake became the all-time career digs leader at BYU as the 11th-ranked Cougars knocked off Santa Clara three sets to one last night at the, actually in Santa Clara, excuse me, it wasn't at the Fieldhouse, but uh, they win it 3-1 to win once again, but it's cool to see Mary Lake set this career. She's going to be a national team player in the Olympics next year for Team USA unless something else comes up, but uh, all all indications point to her career just taken off at this point. She secured the the program record midway through the third set, passing former Cougar Sierra Parker's previous mark of 1,793 digs that she set from 2012 to 2015. The All-American had a season-high 21 digs in the match. She is the first-ever player to surpass the 1,800 dig mark in her career. Just awesome to see Mary Lake getting the work done, and congratulations on a well-deserved, uh, well-deserved career record because that's just awesome to see. BYU is back in action uh, taking on San Francisco tomorrow at 1 o'clock Mountain Time. It'll be up on the hill in San Francisco as they take on the Dons. BYU hoping to pick up another win as they continue to roll through West Coast Conference play. They only have really the one loss against San Diego in West Coast Conference play so Cougars are absolutely rolling ranked number 11 in the country. Let's run down everything else going on in BYU sports news. The men's and women's tennis program are all over Southern California participating this weekend at the Southern California Intercollegiate, the ITA National Fall Championships, as well as the CSUN Invitational. Best of luck to both the men's and women's tennis team members as they participate in those various tournaments in Southern California. This evening, the BYU invite for men's and women's swimming and diving will be taking place at the Richards Building Pool. That begins at 5 o'clock tonight and will also continue tomorrow at 11 a.m. Mountain Time if you want to go out and watch that at the Richards Building. 
Everything else going on in BYU sports, the women's basketball program is on the road in Pullman, Washington to take on the Washington State Cougars. That's game scheduled for 2 o'clock Mountain Time. Scheduled to be televised on the Pac-12 network regionally. You can check that out. And as we already mentioned, men's basketball at 2 o'clock themselves against San Diego State. BYU football against Liberty at 5.30 on ESPNU. Uh, BYU men's basketball will be on BYU TV. And then BYU women's soccer takes on Loyola Marymount at Southfield at 8 o'clock Mountain Time. There'll be a stream on the WCC network. You'll also be able to hear the game on various channels of the BYU radio sports network as well. So there you go. Rundown of everything going on in BYU sports. Thanks to Trone Johnson as well as Hugh Freeze for joining the podcast today. Thanks to you guys, most of all, for downloading the show. Please follow, subscribe, rate, and review. Let us know what you think of the show. You can follow the show on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at LockedOnCougars. You can follow my personal Twitter feed at Jacob C. Hatch, or you can drop the show a note via your email, via email, excuse me, by dropping us a note at LockedOnBYU at gmail.com. Enjoy the rest of your Friday. We'll be back tomorrow with a postcast edition recapping both BYU basketball and football, getting you ready for the week ahead as well as BYU turns their attention to Idaho State following this Liberty game. We'll have it all covered for you right here on your daily podcast. Thanks again for joining us. This has been Locked On Cougars for November 8th, 2019.